Hello and welcome to Ask Distract. This is the show where we squeeze the knowledge from all members of the Distract team. And today we have an exclusive special. Everyone might know it's the election this Thursday and I'm going to be asking all the staff about how they would win the political campaign. So this is something I've been thinking about quite a lot is, you know, if I was running for an election right now, running a national campaign, how would I win it? And and it's really, really interesting to me because I've, I, I've really kind of embedded myself with the political sphere in the last kind of six to 12 months. And I think there's three kind of key areas that need to be focused on. The first one for me is personal branding. If you look at the two major parties, Labour and Conservative, they've really gone all in on personal branding of their their core leaders. So you've got the Boris Johnson campaign, the Jeremy Corbyn campaign, and they've really kind of gone to town on making these individuals be perceived as being relevant, uh, being relatable, and kind of being the main brand message. You actually will see some campaigns and some adverts coming directly from the personal branding accounts rather than from conservative or labor advertising account, which is really, really important. I think something that everyone should look at and focus on from a business perspective. The interesting thing that I think that brands need to focus on when it comes to taking any lessons from this is that if political parties are doing this, it probably means it's good for business as well because there's nothing more competitive than political campaigns. You know, it's conservative versus labor. One will win, one will lose. Simple as that. And uh, generally business is a little bit easier than that. Uh, the second thing I think we should all should focus on is data. Um, I've been looking at the campaign people have been running. Uh, I've been looking at the way that um, that everyone else has been kind of uh, running these campaigns. And it's really interesting to see uh, on Snapchat at the moment, I'm being heavily, heavily advertised by the Labour Party. And they have one key message. Their message is go out and vote. It's not trying to convince you to vote Labour. It's not kind of trying to convince you to do anything else. All they're saying is go and vote. And the reason I think this is really important is because they are utilizing data that's to them. Now, there'll be a statistic, which I don't know, that will say something on the lines of 70% of people under the age of 27 will vote Labour. There'll be something like that. So what they're doing is they're advertising on Snapchat, not come and vote Labour, because statistically, I'm in that segment that would vote Labour. They're just saying, go and vote. Because for them, if they can mobilize 100,000 people to vote, and that's great because 70,000 of them are going to go vote, go and vote Labour. So data is really, really important to focus on and make sure that it's actually going to be a big impact for you and your business. And that's definitely what the kind of the big ones to be is. The kind of third main point is split testing the campaign, making sure that you know what's going to work before you actually have to do it. Really interesting to see what the Conservatives did um, kind of the last 12 months is they were doing 200 different adverts that were all split tested, different colors of red, different colors of blue. It was all tested in different ways because the moment that a campaign was drawn up, a moment a campaign was ready to go, they had the exact ad creative, the exact targeting all to work perfectly. Whereas everyone else who wasn't looking for a campaign at that period of time had no data. The Conservative Party could start with more data than everyone else and therefore hey, Presto, they're one step ahead from everyone else. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pass this across to other members of the team. So there won't be any introduction, there won't be anything from my, myself as such, but I want to understand how different members of the team would win a political campaign. Um, I think that it was really interesting that um, Twitter decided to take a ban on anything, uh, all the political advertising, should I say. Um, I think considering it's such like a conversational platform and it's very... Well, politics is spoken about a lot on Twitter. I think it was very interest, interesting for them to say, look, we're not going to have any any advertising on on this platform. And I just, I kind of, I don't know why they did that, but I just thought it was very interesting. Like, obviously that was in the news itself, saying that Twitter aren't going to have any have anything on their platform. 
And I think it's it's just generally interesting that they've taken that approach and like for it be for it to be such a conversational uh, platform on politics like why why have they done it and it was just interesting i think it's really hard to make a very informed decision based on the amount of stuff you see on social media about you know are are each party lying about certain things they've said are they actually are they trustworthy i mean boris johnson has absolutely raved about him having 50,000 nurses but actually when you look at the figures they're only going to have 31,000 so by him saying 50,000 he's actually lied um and i think it's things like that where they just kind of shoot themselves in the foot you know he was absolutely adamant that he's either going to die in a ditch or they were going to leave uh, the eu by the 31st of october and yet again that's another thing he's absolutely promised that would happen and it's not happened uh, on the 31st of october so it's really hard to make an informed decision when you come to voting because well yeah it's all well and good these people saying we're going to do this we're going to do that we're not going to do this we're not going to do that but does my vote actually matter does because you know, I could be voting for the party that I actually want to actually want to be in power, but are they going to stand by what they've said in the lead up to the election, or are they doing it just to get people's votes and then do an act- do something completely different that they haven't like promised they would do before the election? It's quite funny watching people slam each other on things like Question Time and debates and Sunday morning politics or whatever it's called. But at the end of the day, that's literally all you see. Like well, that's all I see anyway. Is I see so many people slamming the other party about what they are or what they're not doing and that to me it's just like focus on what you're doing and tell the people what you want to do and what you're actually going to do and follow through with it firstly and stop just slamming everyone else it seems to be very negative and not a lot of positive on their own kind of manifestos and their own promises to the people and I think yeah it's you could argue that it's easier to slam someone and win someone's vote by dissuading them for, or dissuading them from voting for another person but I just think try and persuade someone to do something good rather than try and dissuade someone from someone who's doing something bad. I guess the main points that um, people are kind of starting to notice now is it's not just about um, policies anymore. It's kind of about the cult of personality, like people have become celebrities that were once just politicians. So um, the likes of Jeremy Corbyn, the likes of Boris Johnson, the likes of Nick Clegg, like a few years ago, um, the sort of elevated to a certain point where you no longer look at a political party because of um, policies or um, the integrity of the person. It's it's more do they appear to be the right person? Are they ministerial? That's that's the killer quote these days. Like, are they ministerial? Are they the sort of person that you can imagine on the world stage? Like the Trump effect is having an effect here. So whether that's for bad or good, who knows? Um, and I feel like, I think a lot of people are sort of starting to think, well, actually, do policies matter anymore? Because you can have a fully costed manifesto in the terms of, like, Labour, um, and people still don't believe you because they, they're like, well, no, I've made up my mind. This this person isn't right for me. Or in the case of Boris Johnson, um, you can kind of get away with just t- not telling the truth because you've got a good personality, and it, it kind of it just works like that. Um you know whether it's true or not so i think that that kind of thinking is kind of being seen through by a few people now i mean in america you've got um trump facing impeachment and that's just a case of the cult personality kind of washing off a little bit um in terms of people thought he was like the savior and he he had all these great catchphrases like drain the swamp 
make America great again, things like that. But really, he's come unstuck because he can't perform on a world stage and people are starting to actually question his mental health and the way he actually gets shunned from conversations and things like that. So I'm not sure if this kind of politics will last, but it's interesting to see, even though I'm sick of it, even though I've seen enough already and it's election day in two days, is it? So there's there's been quite a few um, people um, in politics kind of hijacking uh, trends at the moment. So popular things that have gone viral on Twitter and Facebook or whatever um, include things like uh, reading out mean tweets. That's That's been done um, by musicians, um, celebrities, uh, film stars and actors and things like that. Jeremy Corbyn did it the other day. Um, for good or bad, you know, that's that's another thing to sort of consider. Um, and then Boris Johnson's kind of taken a familiar trope in, I think it's Love Actually, and he's kind of used the um, placard kind of idea to sort of write um, blank messages on um, to sort of try and convince the electorate that he's the right person for them. Um, that can be hijacked in, in a certain way because, like, you should never give um, someone, like, a blank piece of paper that, with you holding it ever because immediately when he did that people have kind of hijacked it in, in a different way so i don't know if it's a good idea every single time but it's just a good example of them taking something that people will recognize already from their daily lives and um transforming it into something that they can use politically and i think it's almost become um who can grab the attention the most like social media is obviously the way we live a lot of our lives now and it people have you know a, a good proportion of their lives is staring into their phone so if you can get in front of their eyes then you know in in an innovative way this is the best way to do it i guess so even though donald trump has kind of coined the phrase fake news i think um this kind of idea that the truth can be bended and, and manipulated um has come to the fore even more this time because there's just been it's almost a case of like if you believe something then you can kind of see any situation in that way um for example um the bbc have been sort of been accused of being left wing before uh, and have been accused of being right wing before so it's quite interesting to see that um it's been bended either way this election and in terms of in terms of fake news, I, f I feel like it's only going to get worse in time. Like the the advent of deep fake stuff, um, people being able to actually manipulate what people actually look like they're saying. Um, I don't think we've seen the advent of that too much yet, but the examples that are being shown online and the, the actual the actual convincing nature of those might suggest that we're in for quite a sort of even even dirtier politics. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next election. Uh, yeah, so I think that um, there's been a lot sort of more disinformation in this uh, in this election rather than actual uh, spreading information that people want to hear about. They're almost spreading information uh, that people want to hear about the opposition party, so the party that they don't like. Um, so the Tories especially have sort of been going on, um, sort of doing these uh, fact checks. UK was the was the big one um, where they were talking, they were sort of fact checking everything Labour was saying in a uh, debate, wasn't it? And um, yeah, basically turned out to be a load of rubbish that they'd uh, they'd covered themselves up to do something that they're not, um, and that's sort of been uh, a running theme. Um, and another one as well is the uh, the Brexit party is a bit more of a PR stunt. 
um, than anything else. Um, it's not really a, a proper sort of political party in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I think it's filed more as a, it's a limited company or something like that. Um, so they can basically run the thing like a company um, until they've got what they wanted. Then they can roll it all up in a while, um, keep all the donations that I think they got without being taxed. Um, I could be wrong. I, I, I might be. Uh, it's just what I've read online. So, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like a genuine general election this time. It's more about um, sort of misinforming people rather than informing them about uh, what you're going to do. It's a strange one. Yeah, so one of the more unfortunate things that we've seen sort of in this election cycle is there's sort of been a push towards sort of getting sort of views um, and opinions across rather than the truth, um, which has been disappointing to see from like a PR point of view because obviously you want journalism to be sort of be fair and fair and square all the time. Um, yeah, and unfortunately it seems like a lot of people seem to be doing things more for views um, rather than actual spreading correct information. Um, that's something we've seen sort of recently with, um, uh, especially sort of the uh, was it four-year-old boy on the floor in Leeds Hospital, um, and all of a sudden there was all these um, bots coming out saying they they know this nurse there, um, that it was a staged photo, um, when really the Yorkshire Post had just done some uh, some good quality journalism into something that actually happened, um, and instead uh, these bots had basically turned it around to say um, that's not what it was, it was this. Um, so instead of actually telling the truth, uh, they've gone the other way instead. It's just annoying, but uh, there you go. 2019 December election, winter election, turnout questions all over the place. Are the people going to be able to make it? They are in the frost of December. And the question turns to the impact of social, the impact of digital marketing as a communications tool in elections. One area where I find it so intriguing and where I haven't quite seen it to this level before is the use of social media as a fact-checking tool. In years gone by, politicians would be able to make ludicrous, ludicrous claims and no one would be able to pinpoint exact moments and say, no, that's wrong. What we have now is that Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn, whoever will say something and then five minutes later, there's something out on Twitter that says, actually, no, fact check, that's not correct. Here's the actual stat. Here's the actual piece of data. Here's the fact, which means that politicians are being caught out in rapid speed a lot quicker. Now, does that necessarily mean that they're being more honest? No, I think that that's another question for another time. I think what's also becoming particularly evident is how presidential our election campaigns are coming are becoming and i'll tell you what i mean by that is that in america the presidential nature of their elections means that the single one factor that people tend to vote on is how much they like different party leaders it's less so about policy and more about whether they liked hillary clinton or donald trump that is largely what people were voting on and what we're seeing in the uk increasingly so because of the use of social media and because of the use of personal branding around the likes of Boris Johnson, around the likes of Jeremy Corbyn, is that we're edging towards voting decisions being based on who they like more out of the party leaders, rather than based on policy, rather than based on local NP, those things. So I think that that's um, a shift which is progressively happening, but is being accelerated by the use of social in 
um, in election campaigns. And I think the other thing which is interesting is the shift of spend from traditional advertising that political parties would use, the likes of billboards, TV adverts, whatever it may be, into this social spend. I saw a stat earlier in the week that Labour had spent over £700,000 on advertising. And I know that the Conservatives have spent a six-figure sum as well. You know, that's so much more than they would have done before. And why is that? I think it's because you can be so much more flexible about who you're reaching. Ultimately, with a billboard, that billboard says one thing regardless of who sees it, regardless of the different generations, the different demographics which walk past that billboard. Now with social, what you can do is you can deliver one message to one voting pool and a different message to a different voting pool, two very different messages, two different policies that are more likely to resonate individually with those targeting groups. So it makes total sense to use this as a communication channel because you can be so much more bespoke. You know, we talk in advertising about how adverts are way more effective when they're relevant or hyper-relevant, as I call it, to the audiences that they're being shown to. This is exactly the same with political policy. If you can show something about tuition fees to someone that's thinking about going to university, and if you can show something about the winter fuel allowance to a retired person, you know, that's a lot more relevant and you're much more likely to make an impact. One of the big issues with politics these days in this general election is that it's vastly different than any previous general election. I don't think the, the parties are particularly running away that they will understand the change in the dynamics, especially because youth vote is up, which is good, and also scares a lot of older people. Um, but most older people don't understand how the youth are influenced. Uh, social media, for one, massive. YouTube, influencers. No one our age watches TV a lot. Like, they run ads on TV, but, like, who sees them, really? Um... So really, I think it comes down to like people, what people post and share on Facebook, the ads they see on social media. That's how you inform people these days. They don't get it through like it's more digital word of mouth than anything else. Um, and that is great because it means everyone has a voice. Like it's a lot easier to get your opinion out there for literally everyone. However, it creates a lot of noise. Um, a lot of people are misinformed. Misinformation is massive. It's essentially uh, causing a lot of problems because no one really knows what's true anymore. No one really listens to the actual stats. They just see a headline that they like and then they'll share it on Facebook. However, if there's something that is true, then it's good because one person can share it and in 10 minutes, a million people can see it. It's never worked like that before. So I think the way that this general election will work will be largely influenced by the parties that understand how the youth are influenced and how social media works. I think one of the big problems, but like building off of the social media idea is the political echo chamber. So people have Facebook groups, people have private discord chats, messenger groups, like you no longer need to be near people to, to be with people that you think are like, I feel like a lot of people, the reason that like, um, the votes have separated. You have a lot less of the middle ground and more polarizing views is because I feel that was mediated through like human contact. People would express their opinions 
And if you had a radical opinion or something that the surrounding area didn't agree with, you would have to defend yourself. Uh, these days, you don't. Most people don't. Who, most people aren't interested in politics, for one, even now, which is astounding. Um, but you've got a lot of people who then have their thoughts and opinions backed up online by people they don't know. Uh, lots of groups are just sort of ran digitally these days. Um, it creates an echo chamber, essentially, where people don't have to justify their opinions, or if they do, they harbor their opinions and share them with people elsewhere. And it means that people no longer have to have a reasonable discussion. It just gets separated and then escalates until it bubbles over. And then that has ramifications for real life, because when it bubbles over, it doesn't bubble over online. It bubbles over in the streets. I think the echo chambers are part of the problem, but that's also limited by free speech. So you can't exactly tell people to stop talking about their views online. <laughs> but if everyone, if it, it's having wild effects, I think this is the, like we're seeing politics influenced by the internet and the echo chamber is one of the biggest issues, I think. Voting on hunches is one I've seen a lot of people, not particularly my age, but people who haven't kept up with the, um, like rhetoric of the main parties or actually have looked up on historical things or you know, like how the, how it's played out historically and what certain parties have done or how they've voted or acted in the past. You get people voting on hunches um, or misinformed opinions on things. I've seen people say, oh, they're going to vote for Tories because they're better for business and I'm going to start a business in, you know, three years and it's going to be successful and I don't want to pay corporation tax. And it's like, you might go bankrupt next year and then you've got the Tories in power. You're never going to start a business. They, you should, I feel like people should vote based on what they have rather than what they think they're going to get. A lot of people feel like they're, like these days, specifically influenced by like Instagram, music videos, all that sort of stuff. People feel like they're chasing their dream. And I think that's influenced how they vote. A lot of people vote on how they think they're going to live their life rather than how they are actually living their life. It's a bit silly. So I don't think that's a good thing either.